Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well... <laughs> I just literally gave out at the start of the podcast. I was going to say, like, look, we're no gimmicks here. We're just going to talk about movies. This is Stephen Ray Morris. Welcome to See Jurassic Right Cinematic Attractions. Uh, <laughs> I was just looking to make sure it was recording because it's behind me. But, um, yeah, I'm super excited. We're uh, going to talk about Land Before Time, the 1988 classic. And I'll just introduce my guest so that we can jump right in. Um, you know her as Bonnie Puns. You know her as Beeksels. It's amazing chef and hilarious Brenna White. Hello, everybody. I actually wanted to, I forgot that I wanted to look up when that episode of When You Tell Your Story um, of seeing Jurassic Park as a kid. It's one of the minisodes um, a while back, I feel like. I feel like I wrote it in March and then uh, you read it in June. Yeah. Well, folks, we looked it up and with the magic of editing. We're back in. It's Minnesota 11, Sinning Policy. So go check that out. But today we're here to talk about Land Before Time. Um, did you, you saw this as a kid, right? Oh yeah, of course. Um, I can't remember if I saw it in the theater or just uh, at home. Yeah. It almost feels like, a. I don't, yeah, I don't think I, well, I don't think I would have seen it in the theaters because oh yeah. I was one. I would have been two. So yeah. that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Ugh, I can't even imagine what it would have been like to see this movie in theaters. Um, but again, for cinematic attractions, just so you know, we'll be talking spoilers and things like that. So keep in mind. But, um, you know, Land Before Time is essentially, which is funny because I was just reading uh, just some more trivia. And basically it was Steven Spielberg being like, I want to do Bambi, but with dinosaurs, which I think is very apropos of this movie. Um, Did you watch Bambi a lot as a kid? (laughs) It's like the same. I'm like, for sure. I saw it at home. Uh, Was probably mildly traumatized. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I I mean, I don't have very many memories of watching Bambi. I feel like that wasn't my go to for like. Yeah. The like OG Disney movies, you know, like. I mean, I feel like of the OG ones, I think Cinderella, um, Robin Hood, uh-huh. 
I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um, but then like, you know, we grew up in the era of Little Mermaid and Aladdin and yeah, Lion yeah, King yeah. and stuff like that. And we'll talk about Lion King later. But um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. So for people that don't know Land Before Time, I mean, it's essentially, uh, you know, it's an adventure following a handful of dinosaurs, kid dinosaurs trying to find their way to the Great Valley and going through trials and tribulations and all that good stuff. Um, it was directed by Don Bluth, who's famous for, I mean, for being the creepiest, uh, the, you know, when we think of like the fucked up movies from our childhood, you know, we think of, um, you know, we think of, uh, all dogs go to heaven and rock a doodle and, um, Anastasia and, you know, things like that. Um, so, but he also was like an animator on a bunch of Disney movies and stuff, including Robin Hood and Cinderella and Winnie the Pooh, um, and stuff like that. that <laughs> oh I'm my just, gosh. You mentioned some of those. Yeah, no, crazy. Um, but yeah, so like in this movie, it's interesting because it was produced by George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Right. Again, this is before Jurassic Park, but this is at this point, though, Steven Spielberg had already t- met Michael Crichton and Michael Crichton had already told Steven Spielberg that he was working on a a book about dinosaurs. Yeah. So I wonder if like him pursuing this project was like oh, hey, this is my first foray into dinosaurs a little bit, you know. And Jurassic Park was published in, I should know that, uh, 1990, I believe, the book. Um, Yeah, I mean, I should know that. Jurassic Park book, Google. I just typed Google in. (laughs) (laughs) I've done that before. Uh, You can can maybe cut this. Uh, I thought that the idea for Jurassic Park was like just an idea and someone was like, Oh, I'll make that movie. And then he wrote the book and then they made the movie. It oh, like I don't the know. rights. It was like the rights to the movie, uh, were like, uh, purchased before the book was written. Well, um, the rights for the movie were definitely purchased before the book was finished, I believe. Okay. Okay. So okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That's what I think, yeah. like Michael Crichton was definitely shopping this idea around. He knew it was going to be like a big idea and stuff because I mean, that's the thing that like blows my mind is that like they were already working on the ride before they even started working on the movie at universal studios. Oh, RIP. Sh- um, <laughs> RIP. RIP. Miss you. Miss you. Uh, Medela challenge. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I just wonder if that had an influence I mean, I wonder if that's why Spielberg was like, hey, I want to like executive produce this animated movie by animation great Don Bluth. Um, and it's about dinosaurs and I kind of like set everything in motion. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, it's like Jurassic Park is the best dinosaur movie. Uh-huh. But I feel like Land Before Time, I feel like for most people is kind of like a close second you know, oh, it was like the intro. Yeah. But I don't know. It's so funny. I mean, just <laughs> Brendan and I have been, have been trying to watch and rewatch this movie for a while, like, like a month and a half. Yeah. And it's just been such a, I mean, just a heads up. If you haven't watched it yet and you're listening now, it's a bleak movie. It's so much more depressing than I th- remember as a kid. Yeah. Same. And even though the movie was a big success and obviously there was, we looked it up, there was, you know, 14 land before times now, you know, the rest have all been direct to video. It, like land before time hasn't quite been part of like the dinosaur cultural zeitgeist or whatever, other than like motherfucking tree stars. Yeah. yeah. Like those memes going around, like, or it's like solely a nostalgia fuel like yeah i love that movie but it's like when you rewatch it you're like oh uh what yeah like d- w- did i know what was happening when i was watching this movie yeah well i mean yeah even spielberg and uh lucas were worried when the movie was being made um but yeah like well and even like i was just reading that land before time 13 was like 2006 or 7 and then Land Before Time 14 was like 2016. So it was like, even then there was like 10 years in between these like last direct-to-video sequels. Like nobody, I don't know if, if, if it's like this big influential dinosaur movie, it certainly hasn't really, it's kind of just kind of existed under the radar. Unlike Jurassic Park, which has been this big thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
but um, before we definitely check some of those out on YouTube. Yeah, right. (laughs) I know. I wanted to watch the holiday thing that you sent me, but I didn't realize it was like a full hour. Right. I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be like a fun 10 minute, you know, romp. Um, But yeah, Land Before Time um, stars Scott McAfee as Littlefoot, um, Candace uh, Hudson as Sarah. Um, Wait, is this the right? Oh, wait, I'm looking at Land Before Time 2. Let's go back to Land Before Time 1. I believe that the voice actors played the same things for most of these. Um, Oh, no, wait, here we go. I got my wrong land before time two. We'll talk about in a little bit or a little bit later, but uh, it's worth talking about. Cause I actually really like land before. I think land before time two actually is a good movie. Um, Gabriel Damon played Littlefoot. Candace Hudson played Sarah. Judith Barcy uh, played Ducky RIP. Um, and yeah, if you want to learn more, it's such a tragic story and yeah. she's so great. I mean, I wrote down in my notes, like Ducky is the heart of the movie. Totally. You know, and we'll talk about her more, but um, I was like, also like, I was like, Brenna, you're like Ducky. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, Will Ryan played Petrie, and then um, uh, Pat Hingle is the narrator um, and played Rooter, that like weird, I don't know, like generic dinosaur or whatever, who's like comforting Littlefoot right after his mom dies. Spoilers. Oh. Huh. <laughs> you know, um, well, I mean, on that note, they originally wanted George Lucas and Steven Spielberg wanted this to be uh, completely silent, like totally animate, like or um, Fantasia dinosaurs. I was gonna say Koyaanisqatsi. Yeah, Koyaanisqatsi. <laughs> Koyaanisqatsi. Oh, that's but, a good movie. But just like animated and dinosaurs. Yeah, I'd be into that. <laughs> yeah, it seems, it, I. It's also a little bit bleak. I mean, a lot bleak. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know. I mean, that would be so cool, but I just don't know, like, what that would be. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I just, it's so funny. I mean, you know, I don't know if we just want to just throw some observations out there, but um, I thought it was interesting that, you know, because Jurassic Park is praised for, kind of showing like warm-blooded dinosaurs and dinosaurs as family and you know they're moving in herds Uh but like this movie opens with like um you know all the dinosaurs as families and stuff like i wonder if you know this movie was sort of setting the stage for like the dinosaur revolution of like you know in the 80s when we were discovering eggs and hatcheries of like myosaurs and duck all the duckbill dinosaurs and stuff and like this movie was setting the stage for like Jurassic Park and like, you know, those ideas and stuff like that. I was just surprised because I feel like Jurassic Park is always praised for the one being like, oh my God, finally showing warm blooded dinosaurs and <laughs> families and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And this one's all about uh, <laughs> the segregation of the kinds of dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, and then at the same time of like, again, like all the Jurassic Park movies about divorce or like, ideas about family but like ultimately like the weird family or like the non-nuclear traditional family kind of like wins out you know like spike is a stegosaurus who you never see he's an abandoned egg and then he gets to live with ducky who's like um i want to say is like a i mean is a duck-billed dinosaur but i don't know if they specify that would be a good question yeah i mean they just say ducky but um you know, big mouth, the big mouth, but, um, yeah, that's her brand of dinosaur. Yeah. I mean, you know, Parasaurolophus, Lambiosaurus. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like they specified, you know, they're like, the kids aren't going to know. They kept it very generic for the kids. Yeah. Littlefoot. What was it? Like, um, long three horns don't hang out with a long necks Uh or whatever. Three horns, long necks. Um, yeah, there's kind of a little bit of a Romeo and Juliet situation going on with Littlefoot and Sarah. (sighs) Um, yes, totally. I guess just just to kick off like a more overall picture of the movie, like I guess rewatching it, what were your like general impressions of it? I feel like when I first rewatched it, I was so taken by just like the opening scene. I was like, oh, I don't remember this being so so beautiful that 
I mean, the animation is incredible. And I also don't remember, don't remember it being so bleak. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like that's what even I feel like prevented us from wanting to like, cause we like started watching it, watch part of it. Like we pick it up here or there. And it was just like, man, this movie is like a bummer. And it's, and it's that thing of like, again, like, going back and looking up the trivia of like George Lucas and, and Steven Spielberg, like, which is funny because it seems like if you get Don Bluth to do a movie for you, you got to know what you're signing up for of like, we're going to make a depressing kids movie. But they were like, this movie's so dark. We got to keep it real for the kids. Yeah. (laughs) No, but I mean, honestly, that's what really struck me too, is just like how depressing this movie is. And it's, I think watching it again, again like now that we like gave it another full rewatch it was just like i can kind of appreciate the artfulness of it more but i was almost like so bummed out the first time i watched it i was like oh it's land before time it's like i know there's excuse me i know there's like the bambi element but i didn't realize that it's like i think because the movie's so short it feels like it's a big chunk of the movie of like him, like the scene where he like sees the shadow and thinks it's his mom. And you're just, Oh yeah. You're like, nobody, that's you. Um, I think it's kind of nice in a way that there's like a start and a finish. So it's like, they're going through a maze almost. So if like, if you know that that is what's happening, then it's not so bad. Yeah. You know that there's a happy ending. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. At the end of this, um, yeah, no, I definitely think it made it easier to rewatch this time. But yeah, it's like, I just keep thinking like that this movie reminds me a lot of, like we talked about Miyazaki. Yeah. But there's that kind of, I mean, this is a short movie, but there's moments of like stillness and quiet and stuff that I really appreciate. Um, but then also this movie reminds me a lot of Grave of the Fireflies, um, where, I mean, I won't spoil anything, but it's movie set, you know, in world war two after they dropped the bomb and it's following sort of these two children, this brother and sister who survive after the atomic bomb goes off. And it's just, I mean, it's this movie actually has a hopeful ending. That movie does not. (laughs) Yeah. It's a rough movie. And this movie almost reminded me of that in a way of like, like I think we were talking about before of like that these dinosaurs in a way, like these children are like survivors of like a war torn country. And they're just trying to like, I mean, you know, and again, we're not making light of any of that stuff, but it's just, it's weird that like my brain automatically went there when we're, I was watching it. I well, was it's just, just, it's like post apocalyptic. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, that's what, that was my problem. I was like, why does every movie that's set during the time of the dinosaurs have to be so, like, why do they have to set it right when dinosaurs go extinct? You it's know? like about devastation. Yeah. I'm like, why can't we just have like a happy movie, like set in the middle of the Jurassic and everyone's chilling and families are together. Yeah. Uh, All the good things. Right. But it's just like, I mean, it's just scenes of these children marching through like these apocalyptic landscapes of like a fire and ash and like. And Littlefoot had just seen his mom. Uh, spoiler alert. Die. Die. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it's like, you know, the other land before times would go on to make music, like have musical numbers and sing and be happier. But this movie, it's like, again, it's like these children have nothing. And it's like them, there's these little moments of joy that I like really appreciate of like, especially again, Ducky being like, she's separated from like the, all the dinosaur children are separated from their family. Ducky's like totally unaffected. She's like, yeah, like my family's somewhere, but like we're here together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's make the most of it. Yeah. Um, I feel like Ducky is what I remember most from the movie. Yep. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it. that's the stuff that sticks out. And I think in some ways, again, I'm curious for anybody, you know, for our listeners, like, have you gone back and rewatched this? Like, yeah, it, I weirdly had like a really tough time rewatching this. And I wonder, because again, I like we were talking about it before of like Land Before Time seems like such a big deal in terms of like this is one of the top three for a lot of people's dinosaur movies. But and I'm not saying that because it's bleak and hard to watch that it's not a good movie, but I just wonder like 
as much as we have nostalgia for it, but we don't actually like, it's not really like a thing that is like present in our dinosaur conversations, you know, because it's, it was like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, don't need to see that again. Yeah. It's like, it's like death and escaping a predator. Like, is there going to be like uh, a better future? We don't know, but we're just going to keep like, keep going. It's almost like they're pioneers in a way. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're just essentially going on the word of, of Littlefoot because his mom said to go this way, you know, and possibly the spirit of Littlefoot's mom yeah. in the clouds. Yeah. Which that's what I was saying to you. I was like, there's so much of this movie that I, I want it like Lion King is like for me, my biggest childhood Disney movie. Cause that was like when I went to Orlando and got the toys and my sister got the stuffed animals. And uh-huh. that was like the biggest Disney movie for me as a kid. So I just see so much of Lion King in in um, land before time. And I just wonder if they took influence um, you know, which is a, I guess a nice way of saying it, but there's even moments. It's like the entire landscape is basically the elephant graveyard and like, um, the, uh, the way that, um, Littlefoot and Sarah kind of fight has that kind of like, I mean, that's not unique to Lion King, but that kind of like fr- flirtatious, like pingy again. Um, oh, yeah, totally. And, and then again, all this stuff with like the dead parent, like, I mean, there's even a scene, where Littlefoot looks into a tree star and like the water and sees his reflection. Like it doesn't quite turn into Mufasa, but like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty similar. Um, I was going to say like they get stuck in like a briar patch. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. All the thorns and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying it to like, cause I still love Lion King, but it's just, it's almost like cool to see that this movie influenced Lion King in a way, you know? I mean, it's a very different movie ultimately because there's no like evil uncle sauropod, yeah, named, yeah. you know, named like Slash or something. <laughs> but there are some similar, I'm like themes, but also elements. Yeah, elements. I feel like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that was the thing that I thought was weird that I noticed this time that like when Littlefoot is born, there's almost like a, again, like the Lion King, like chosen one, like everyone gathering. And I was like, cause that's never really like followed up in the movie. Well, I feel like the narrator, the narrator was like, ah, oh, the last of his kind. And then it was like the only egg that was hatching. And there were like some other eggs that seemed like, ah, oh, these ones weren't so good. Oh, Oh, so it's like a children of, so it's like a children of men situation where it's like the dinosaurs, like, you know, as we're getting into the Cretaceous or whatever, it's like nobody's giving birth and like it's a lot of like bad eggs and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, wow. Children of men with dinosaurs. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that's never really like followed up upon, you know, like yeah. other than maybe his stubbornness to like follow his mom's advice or whatever. But like, yeah, he's not really like. Well, what's crazy is that like he is born into a journey. So it's like, hey, what's up? Welcome. By the way, we are on our way to the Great Valley. So <laughs> you better just believe in that shit. Yeah, we're en route already. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, I mean, I feel like people, you know, you see like listicles or like articles where they're like, you know, why wouldn't Kevin McAllister just call the police? Or like, why wouldn't Littlefoot's grandparents go back and look for Littlefoot? It's like, no, man, like the earthquake shook up the land and you just got to move on. Every you know? man for himself. Every dino for himself. Oh, yeah. Sorry, dino. No, um, But yeah, I mean, that's essentially I mean, the plot of the movie is like pretty straightforward. It's just yeah. like the, it's it's the beginning of the movie is, you know, introducing the character or well, it's really just like. I mean, essentially Littlefoot gets separated. Then you meet all the other kids who are separated and then them joining together to get back to the Great Valley while they're being chased by a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Right. Who does not speak. Yeah. Uh, well, that was the thing, too. It's like the noises that the Tyrannosaurus made are much more like alien sounding. It's yeah. just kind of like. It's like a total, total monster. Yeah. Like all of the other dinosaurs are like, ah, we know, we all know one language. Look, we go to Starbucks, we hang <laughs> out. Maybe we don't hang out with different, you know, of our, you know, long necks, three horns, but look, we're civilized. And right, then the right. T-Rex is like, like an alien creature. Just totally out for blood. 
Yeah. Oh, man. It's pretty scary, though. Well, there's like one scene where it's like an earthquake and then like the T-Rex and then also uh, like volcanic fissures open. So it's like the earth is just exploding around them. Yeah. And then and then Littlefoot's mom dies. Yeah. Ultimately from being attacked by the T-Rex. Yeah. That's like a lot of stress for children. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I just wonder now thinking, um, because supposedly Don Bluth has said that he has like the full cut of the movie, but I guess Steven Spielberg and George Lucas like cut out like 10, 15 minutes of the movie because it's a short movie. Like that's, I think, why we were wondering, was this a theatrical release? Because it was like, I mean, it was 69 minutes. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. Um, But, you know, I just wonder... I mean, I, I still think it was pretty effective. Like, it's still pretty scary in parts. And, you know, I think as adults, we're like kind of overwhelmed by the bleakness of it. But yeah, it does. Yeah. Again, I, I feel like that's kind of I'm I'm feeling very obsessed with that idea of the movie. But um, because I don't know if I really expected it to be like a fun movie, but also, I just like remember loving it as a child. And I'm like Petrie. haha, And also uh, Ducky, the best. Yeah, it's just like there's these moments where it's like, you know, when there's like the Pteranodon family and they like have all the little cherries uh-huh. and it's like the one is like the nice one trying to bring the cherry to Littlefoot and he's just like depressed. Uh, yeah. And it's just like oh, the, na- yeah. the narrator's like, you know, he gave up his dream when he was, you know, because he's sad about the death of his mother and the little Pteranodon's like, here, have this cherry. And it's just like, just goes away and uh. just these little moments of like lonely it's such a lonely movie yeah um which is like i wonder if it's good for kids to see this i don't know it's a a lesson in independence yeah yeah well i guess that's maybe the positive thing about this movie because i mean i feel like we have to talk about sarah for a bit the triceratops which i've realized in rewatching this movie is maybe my distrust for ceratopsians because (sighs) Ceratopsians were portrayed as such assholes in this movie. She's still, she's so like frustratingly uh, stubborn. Yeah. Well, she's, she's the, we were, like, she's the privileged white girl, like <laughs> from New York. You know, she's like the Lena Dunham of the, like, oh, of no. the group. No, I mean, but like, you know what I mean? Know. But, but, but what I'm saying is that, like, I actually think the movie had a lot of nuance where later, you know, because really it's the, the movie is, Littlefoot and Sarah coming head to head of like, let's go this way, let's go this way. And it's like, why should we believe you, Littlefoot? It's like, well, my mom told me. And then like Sarah's yeah. like, well, whatever, you know. And they're kind of clashing, kind of driving the plot of the movie. And then I thought it was cool, like rewatching it, the idea that, you know, that in some movies, the the characters, the secondary characters would always follow the leader and never sway from the path but i love the idea that in this movie they all are like at some point um petrie and um spike and ducky all decide to go with sarah and i was like that's actually really cool and kind of makes her character less one note like she's not just a stubborn i don't know i felt like she had a lot more complexity upon rewatch than i expected yeah it's like even in that scene where they're all gonna like sleep uh like huddled together and she eventually joins them she like allows Littlefoot to put cuddle his, up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To cuddle up, yes. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. She in that moment. But then yeah, it's not like this thing where she learns and then she's all better. It's like this yeah. kind of constant struggle. No, she's totally stubborn. She's like, okay, that was fine, but by the way, we're gonna go my way tomorrow. Uh yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And but yeah, well, it was nice that like we got to see the characters follow her instead of just like Stan Littlefoot the whole time. Yeah. No, they're not all Littlefoot Stan. You yeah. know? <laughs> no, but he, I mean, he's a good character cause he, he gets very dad like at the end, you know? Yeah. I think he just kind of takes ownership of his role as the leader, you know? And yeah, it was interesting because again, I, Again, I like literally have this because I have this really nice new printer. <laughs> uh, I like printed out the trivia from IMDb, and like um, they said that in the in this OG cut that Don Bluth had, that like in the movie, the way that the plot works is that um, so basically, kind of the final fight is trying to trick the T Rex into drowning in a pool, and they're gonna like put a push a rock on him. Yeah. Um, 
and then they all kind of go together to the Great Valley. Um, but originally, after they split up and everyone follows Sarah, he actually gets to the Great Valley and finds it. And then it's him being like, oh, wait, like, I can't be here alone. I have to find my friends, yeah. you know, which is like a good lesson, you know, like that's like a good, you know, like a good movie lesson kind of thing. This is meaningless without the people that I love. Yeah. Without like, the dinos that I love. Yeah. This is my new family kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they scrapped all that. And so then it's sort of like they go their separate ways and then Littlefoot rescues everyone and then they all work together and defeat the T-Rex. And then Who? P- uh, did you say RIP? RIP. RIP the T-Rex. <laughs> RIP T-Rex. No, no. I mean, and Petrie learns to fly, which is really rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, it's a, yeah, it's interesting that they decided. I, I just wonder why they cut that. Would that have been, do you think that that would have been too complex for kids? The idea of like, uh, no, I think that would have been like a good theme to keep in the movie. Yeah. Cause that to me is like, now that I've sort of rewatched it a little bit more now as an adult, it's like, I start to notice moments where like, maybe this is probably where they like cut a bunch of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's like that thing of, it's very much in Lord of the Rings, you know, when, Frodo's and Sam home. It's that sort of thing of like, well, everyone goes with Sarah and then they follow Sarah and then Littlefoot just kind of shows up to save the day, Yeah, you know? And you're like, Oh, it would have been nice to see. Um, it would have been nice to see Littlefoot alone for a little bit longer or something like that, you know? Yeah. Even like looking at the great Valley, but maybe it's that they wanted to have like a bigger reveal of the great Valley. Maybe. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Have it be this kind of like, triumphant happy ending yeah i mean yeah i mean it's a lot going on even even without that you know i mean if if they added that back in it still would have i mean it would have this is like a pretty packed movie for how short it is yeah like that's the thing it's like even now i'm like i feel like we covered so much of this movie already oh i just wanted to say sauropods are my favorite dinosaurs oh because my favorite dinosaur is a shinosaurus which is a which is a long neck um i was gonna say this is a really big statement yeah (laughs) Shinosaurus is my favorite dinosaur. Um, number one out of my top five. Um, but uh, no, but I just, it's just interesting that now that like, I think for a lot of people, sauropods are their favorite dinosaurs. Brontosaurus, you know, like in that kind of iconic imagery, Apatosaurus, Brachiosaurus, yeah. you know, with Fallen Kingdom. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was saying that I feel like for me, it's like one of it's my favorite overall dinosaur type because it's there's not really like um like an analog to like a modern animal. Like you think of like a triceratops and it's like a cow or a rhino or a hippopotamus yeah. or something. But you were saying a giraffe is ish. Ish, you know. But um but yeah, it's funny that like the sauropods are like there's that lineage of like them being the sympathetic dinosaurs to the point of like fallen kingdom where we're like literally crying as we're like watching. Yeah. You know, well like in this movie, Littlefoot's a Littlefoot's mom is like a bad bitch. She's like fighting the T-Rex. It's like tail. What does she do? She does some other stuff. She whips it. She whips the T-Rex with the tail. Yeah. Rescues Littlefoot all the time when he's getting into shenanigans. Oh yeah. The kids are like falling off a cliff. She's, she's like, like oh. I got my long neck. I'm going to save those babies. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. So I feel like I, that was one element of the movie I enjoyed really watching. I was like, this is a very like pro sauropod movie. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I feel like they said like 29 dinosaurs around screen or something like that. I don't know if it's accurate to like, well, cause I think Spike is a stegosaurus and stegosauruses weren't around the same time as, triceratops or t-rex but it's hard to tell because he doesn't have he doesn't really like have any spikes yeah no no he's he's They're like stubs <laughs> stubs just call me stubs that's what he, he, he's not he's not verbal yeah no when he gets his voice like in one of the later movies yeah. wait what was the christmas movie wasn't it like forbidden romance or something where like spike gets a girlfriend a forbidden friendship i think oh yeah, sorry we're, we're we're kids movies so right. yes. forbidden friendship i have not watched it so like, i cannot you know, give you any feedback they're holding paws you know paws or hoofs or whatever <laughs> um yeah i mean again i feel like again with like ducky it's like she's a duck-billed dinosaur but 
they're not really specifying. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't look like she's going to grow up to be a parasaurolophus. Right. Or whatever. You know, they're keeping it pretty generic for the kids, you yeah. know. Long neck, sharp tooth. But I actually like that. I like that element of the movie. Like these these like these children actors aren't going to be like, "You're a triceratops." Yeah, like, yeah. It's no, like a generic sorting, which is good. Yeah, because this is a dinosaur movie, which I wish we would see more of, which is like dinosaur movies set in the time of dinosaurs without humans, you know. Um did you ever see the Pixar dinosaur movie that came out a few years ago? Um, the last? The Good Dinosaur? The Good Dinosaur. I saw it in theaters. Oh, yes. really? It was, yeah. Have you seen it? No, I actually haven't seen it. Oh, gosh. It's uh, also very, very bleak. Really? Uh-huh. Also, like, theme-wise, like, I am separated from my family. And then there's, like, a hardship on a journey. It's... <laughs> I had to take a I had to take a drink of water for that one. Yeah. Um, what is it with people's obsession with like doing that to dinosaurs? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I have no answer for you. Yeah. And I want to watch We're Back. Yeah. But that movie's fucking bleak, too. Is it? That movie's really dark as well, But I mean, too. there's a parade. It's modern day. <sighs> oh, no. But it's like, uh, like turning the dinosaurs into monsters and the kids oh, and yeah. their friends. And we they... can talk about this later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to do We're Back eventually. Um, the next episode in this series, which I feel like people, if you're following me on social, you already know. I've uh, With past guest Lucy Tomlin Brenner, we talk about prehysteria and in relation to all the episodes we've done so far, uh, that's kind of, I feel like the least bleak movie out of all of them. Yes. But we'll see. Um, Let's just mention that uh, this year is the 30th anniversary. Oh yeah. 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 That's why I was like, I need, I want to get this in before, you know, the end of the year. Right. But um, yeah, it was kind of, I mean, I guess it's kind of a bummer. There wasn't really any fanfare for it, you know? You know, there wasn't like, hey, a 30th anniversary. I mean, I did get this on Blu-ray, but like, it wasn't like a 30th anniversary Blu-ray or anything. Don Bluth didn't, you know. It was like, everybody gather around, watch with your family. You are going to love this movie again. Yeah, there's nothing. Uh-uh. I guess that's I guess that's the thing I'm trying to figure it out. And who knows if we'll figure it out before the end of this. But I guess I just wonder, like, why what is it about this movie that as successful as it was, hasn't was, isn't quite part of our like global consciousness as much as like Jurassic park is as a dinosaur movie, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think it's just, it was, I think it was just too dark, you yeah, know, it's pretty dark. this isn't a movie. It's so funny though, because my mom always tells me that, you know, it's that thing where when you're a little kid, when you're a really little kid, you just want to watch the same movie over and over again. And so Land Before Time was the highest grossing animated film until a year later when The Little Mermaid came out. And so The Little Mermaid, I was obsessed with. My mom was like, when you were three, you would watch Little Mermaid every day. And that movie has some dark moments as well, too. So I just find it fascinating that I was more obsessed with Little Mermaid than I was with like Land Before Time. Yeah. <laughs> right now I'm like, wait, where was the mom in Little Mermaid? Is that what's dark about it? Why does the mom always have to die or, yeah, or the, not be around? Yeah. <laughs> well, Little, I mean, Little Mermaid had the like scary chase scene at the beginning with the shark. And then right. also the like, poor unfortunate souls. 
You know what it is? That song is the best. You know what I just realized? What? It's because Land Before Time doesn't have any musical numbers. Oh, yeah. And that, that would probably like lighten it up. Well, they have that one song that uh, when I was in second grade, we sang as like like all of the classes. Really? Uh-huh. Like, Wait, the Dinah Ross song? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. The end credits song. Uh, I think it's called like If We Hold On Together. If We Hold On t- I don't Together. That was like totally new for me. I know our dreams will never die. Like I don't remember that song. I oh, mean, no, I, no, I know the whole thing. No disrespect to Diana Ross. I'm saying it right now. Ready? Shh. <laughs> just, just kidding. Go, go, go. No. Uh, it doesn't even have like crazy credits. I'm looking on IMDb here. This series was on Cartoon Network. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, anyway, it's. Diana Ross. I mean, it's a it's a great song, but it's it's, it's like the roll credit song. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like um, it's it's basically like don't give up if you're on a journey and your mom dies, just keep going. <laughs> that's what, that's exactly what she says. Just we gotta stick together, even though clouds are rolling by. Um, and she oh, if we bleak. hold on together, yes. There we go. But yeah, I mean. I, I don't know why I'm really obsessed with trying to figure out why Land Before Time isn't, you know, as maybe as memorable as I thought it was. But I just, I guess I really was just so taken aback by how bleak it was. Yeah. And I don't mean to be obsessed with that, but I mean, it really, that was my it's like takeaway, you know? As a kid, I'm like, I think I just enjoyed that there were dinosaurs and they were friends. And like, maybe I didn't understand like the dark, the darkness of the movie. Yeah. Well, that's why, yeah, again, I, I don't mean to harp on it, but it's just, I think the movie is really good. I almost wish that we could see that Don Bluth version because I think it would maybe feel more complete. Whereas this movie is like, it just, it feels a little choppy. And then the ending is just so perfect that it's almost like, okay, well, you know, all right, well, this is a kid's movie. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't end in a way that feels that it would transcend just being a kid's movie. When I think about my neighbor Totoro or like, yeah. um, I mean, even grave of the fire, you know what I mean? It's like when I think about some other great animated movies from this era, it's like they don't, this movie is a bleak movie. And then for it to have this like very perfect, happy ending almost just feels kind of, yeah. I mean, the ending is just like, Oh, we found it and we're here and the end and we're all happy. Yeah. And then Q Diana Ross, boom, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I think maybe that's what, for me, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how I feel about it. But um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that stuck out with me. Um, shout out to Dim- Dimetrodon. Always love a good Dimetrodon appearance. Um, the Littlefoot versus Sarah fight to me was pretty brutal. Like that was kind of like... I mean, it shows you how much like you care about the characters where you're just like, no, I don't want Littlefoot and Sarah to fight. Yeah. It was very, I wrote down Captain America. It's like Littlefoot is Captain America and Sarah is Iron Man. Um, oh, I wanted to mention that. Um, so they show the, the Pachycephalosaurus is like chasing Sarah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like that's funny. Cause they're like um, herbivores. But then this year there was an article being like maybe Pachycephalosaurus is ate meat. So I'm like, whoa. Like, <laughs> it's all coming full together, circle, man. You know? Yeah. I thought that was funny. Um Oh, and I wanted to mention Land Before Time too, because it features them coming across a T Rex egg and they make friends with a T Rex named Chomper. Right. And it's all about how they're like essentially like trying to not get him to eat them. <laughs> well, because a T Rex killed Littlefoot's mom. Yeah. So it's all about Littlefoot coming to terms. Well, look, I'm just projecting right now because I don't know. I don't know what's happening. In <laughs> I don't the remember. One. I don't remember it all that well. This is what I assume it's about. So listen, uh, that's all. <laughs> I wasn't going to I go love on. that. I love that idea that it's him. Like every day I look at your face and I see my mom dying at the hands of your, you know, people or whatever your mom or dad yeah maybe uh, chomper's mom or dad yeah no i don't know i don't really know if that's what the plot is but i really like that idea (laughs) (laughs) i mean look we're gonna watch land before time too so we got to prep ourselves for that sort of thing but 
so I just wanted to maybe end on just listing off the other titles. So the second one was called The Great Valley Adventure. And that was released a year after Jurassic Park came out. So it was oh, like wow. 1988 and then literally... You know, 94. Yeah. And Don Bluth had nothing to do with it after the original. Oh, wow. Obviously. But... Um, and then the third one was The Time of the Great Giving. And then there was Land Before Time 4, Journey Through the Mist. And then Land Before Time, The Mysterious Island. And then Land Before Time 6, The Secret of Saurus Rock. And then Land Before Time 7, The Stone of Cold Fire. And Land Before Time Whoa, that eight. gets very Harry Potter. <laughs> the stone, yeah, I know, right? 2000, so that was Goblet of Fire. Oh. So perfect. <laughs> uh, Land Before Time 8, The Big Freeze. Uh, that was like when Ice Age came out. It's kind of oh, like cashing in on that sure. a little bit. Manny. I would watch Ice Age for this series. Yeah. For cinematic attractions. Totally. Like I love I love the OG Ice Age. Yeah. That's one of the only movie marathons I've ever done. I watched Ice Age one and two and went to the theaters and saw three. Oh, that's which so is cute. the age of the dinosaurs. That's so funny. Um number nine, uh The Journey to Big Water. Um number ten, the, the Great Long Neck Migration. Uh, that sounds very complicated. Land Before Time 11, Invasion of the Tiny Sauruses. Aliens. I know. I just love <laughs> that it's like going full Star Trek. Um, <laughs> just like episodes where they just go on adventures and they just yeah. encounter. Um, number 12, Land Before Time 12, the, the Great Day of the Flyers. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, Land Before Time 13, The Wisdom of Friends. Ah, interesting. Very sweet. And then again, as soon as February 2nd, 2016, two years ago, almost three years ago. As recently as. As recently as Land Before Time 14, Journey of the Brave. Um, There was also a television series, and then there was that (laughs) Forbidden Romance. (laughs) Is it Forbidden Romance? No, Forbidden Friendship. Okay, okay. But I'm just like, Forbidden Romance. And that would be the Romeo and Juliet, uh, Littlefoot and Sarah. Yeah, exactly. No, but but that actual holiday special was like Spike, and there was like a pink Spike, right? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, I I feel like I remember from the like the thumbnail. <laughs> it was like Spike, and then it was like a pink Spike. That seems like a not very forbidden friendship. Yeah, I know. If it's just another Stegosaurus, yeah. but it's a pink Stegosaurus. Sound off in the comments below. <laughs> seems very chill. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's Land Before Time. I mean, it's, there's a lot to unpack, but it's also a very short movie. Yeah. Like, that's what I was really surprised too. I mean, it really is just, uh, Littlefoot loses his mother. He finds each member of the party. First, he's depressed for a minute. Yeah, yeah, he's Then. Then he finds the members of the party. Then they're like, we need to go to the Great Valley. Then they get chased by the T-Rex once or twice. Uh Then they kill him. And then they... And then it's all a happy ending. They get to the Great Valley and they live happily ever after. They live and they live <laughs> happily ever after. Forever um, and ever and ever, even to this day. And then there's 13 more movies. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would still watch Land Before Time. It's so short. You could watch it if you're thinking. About, I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. I mean, don't let us, don't let my weird obsession with like this, how depressing the the movie is, how, yeah, how depressing this movie is affect you. It's, there is these beautiful moments. I think that's like, I think for both of us, like our favorite scene is them all working together to get the trees to eat or to get the leaves. Oh yeah. 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 When they make a pile of leaves. Yeah. Like that's such a sweet moment and it's very like innocent. And I think that, yeah, I think, that was like such a well needed moment at that point in the movie too, of like them kind of just having fun and working together. And yeah, it was just like, and getting to feast. Yeah. Oh, so many leaves. (laughs) Uh A delicious salad. Look, why does every dinosaur movie have to be about the loss of innocence? Can't, can't these dinosaurs just have, you know, I mean, well, I calculated it like dinosaurs existed for over 180 million years. I've calculated this. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. It's like 180 million years, 186 million years or something like that. Like there was good times, you know, it all just wasn't meteor shower, doom and they gloom were in the for sky. A good time and a long time. Yeah. <laughs> As Carly or Jepsen and Al city would say. 
It's it's always a good time. Yeah. So I this is my call to action, dinosaur filmmakers. Let's make a fun dinosaur movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Dinosaurs just like living on Easy Street, being on Island Time. You know, right? All the good stuff. Listening to Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, what was the book you got me? Swine Knot. Yes. Yes. Oh my God, Jimmy Buffett writes books, guys. It's a uh, it's a thing. Um, He's an author. Yeah, he's an deal. author. He's a renaissance man, really. He's a, he's a triple threat. Yeah, he's a triple threat. Now I just want to do, you know how they do um, uh, Pink Floyd to Wizard of Oz? I don't know about this. The like um, Dark Side of the Moon syncs up with Wizard of Oz. Like you can watch them. Like you can like turn off Wizard of Oz soundtrack and then play Dark Side of the Moon. Uh-huh. And it syncs up with like what's happening in the movie. Uh-huh. You could do that, but like Land Before Time with Jimmy Buffett. Oh, yeah. Like you, Let's try it. Yeah, like sync up. Um, wait, what would have come out? What I can't think of what album of his would have come out in like 88. But, you know, you just sync it up. Banana Wind. Well, Banana Wind was like later, but. <laughs> that was like 94. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. We, we know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out. But that's like the ultimate like movie sync up experiences. <laughs> Land Before Time with Jimmy Buffett. Makes it a much less bleak experience. Yeah, right. They're just on a fun journey to, on a vacation to the Great Valley. Yeah, the Great Valley. The Great Valley that is Margaritaville. Right. Um, and that's it. Bye. Oh, okay. No, kidding. No. Thank you, Brenna. <laughs> Thank you, Brenna, uh, for joining me on this cinematic attraction. Oh, Where can no, people find you? Uh, no, no, no. I think I feel like we've covered everything. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bonnie Puns and uh, on Instagram. At Beak Souls. Yeah. Um, again, thank you everyone for listening. Let me know what other creature features you want to listen to. You can find me at Stephen Ray Morris, see Jurassic Right. Um, yeah, I hope everyone had a great 2018. And yeah, 2019 is going to be lots of... Look, there's not a new Jurassic Park movie coming out next year, but that doesn't mean we can't make it a Jurassic year. So that's kind of my promise for 2019. Um, yeah, hold on to your butts and I'll see you next year. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.